Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mastering College to Career Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Botero, and in this podcast, we help college students just like you get internships and job offers from top companies. In this podcast, we explore topics such as networking, interviewing, resume writing, and many other topics that will get you those jobs. Not only do I speak on these topics myself, but I also interview other subject matter experts, including CEOs, university presidents, and Fortune 500 executives. We also interview college students just like you in the hopes that you can relate to their stories and learn from their journey. So if you're a college student looking to get ahead, look no further and welcome to the Mastering College to Career podcast. All right, so before we get started, I want to take a couple of seconds to tell you about the Mastering College to Career Academy. The Academy is a mentoring program that helps college students land the jobs of their dreams before they graduate. In this academy, I will teach you application hacks that will automatically help you beat over 90% of all other job applicants, networking tactics that will give you access to the hidden job market where over 80% of jobs are filled, interview techniques that will practically guarantee you make it through every round of the interviews and win the offer. And I will also connect you with my network of thousands of HR professionals and hiring managers that love hiring my students. So if you're interested in learning more about this program, just send me a message and let's see if the academy is a good fit for you. Welcome, welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College to Career Podcast. And today, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be an amazing, amazing show, especially if you are one of those students listening or recent grads that are concerned about your resume, concerned about getting a job during um, 2020 with everything that's going on. Because today's guest, we have Eugene Hayden, and he is a career influencer, social hacker. I mean, he's worked for some of the best companies including former industry manager at Google, senior consultant at KPNG, and researcher at Boston Consulting Group. And what he's done on top of just working for those amazing companies, he's even started a company of his own called Prometheus Labs, where they've created, again, we are hiring databases that allows you to see some really cool stuff, which we're going to dive into into the podcast. And, um, and Hayden even shared this article with me about like how to get your resume noticed, where he got feedback from top companies like Amazon and Google and LinkedIn. And so it's, it's going to be an amazing conversation. So get ready. So without further ado, uh, Eugene, welcome to the show. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, thanks, Daniel. And hey, everyone. Uh, I'm doing fine. And I mean, the weather outside is perfect. I'm living in Toronto. And I mean, the weather is, as usual, it's a bit great. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm so excited to have this conversation and share my knowledge and ideas with you. Love it. Let's just get started. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, uh, I, I can start from my present because this is uh, where I am now. So I'm doing three things at the same time. I'm working full time for nonprofit companies called Canadian Cancer Society. We help people to survive uh, and I don't know fight against cancer and I'm a manager in data analytics. So uh, at the same time, I'm a student at UFT, University of Toronto here uh, in Ontario. And at the same time, as, as you said, I'm leading this initiative called Prometheus Labs to help people impacted by COVID-19 to find jobs, to find hiring managers and just survive and overcome this uh, pandemic. 
So you started this or like this company six months ago, like right in the beginning of, of the pandemic. Like, tell me about like your motivation to do this and like what is your vision for the company and even like how did you come up with the name? Yeah, I mean, uh, starting with uh, why I started this idea and why I started this initiative. Uh, because in April, I figured out that so many of my friends were impacted by COVID-19 and uh, we need to do something to help them out because previous old school methods of application like online applications or any other sorts of uh, uh, online activities, they don't work. So probably we need to change mindset to start something different. And the idea came to my mind that we can build organic relationships with hiring managers to unlock hidden opportunities because what we see online is just maybe a tip of an iceberg and you see only maybe 20% of all available jobs. And sometimes you don't really feed these jobs and it's easier and better to build relationships with uh, hiring measures and to unlock uh, hidden opportunities. So I came to this idea and it sounds really simple, but at the same time, it requires a good infrastructure and data uh, who are this hiring manager, how to find them, how to build relationships with them, what kind of message to send them, etc. So I started helping people, um, starting with my friends and just scale, scale it up to other people on LinkedIn. And it came viral and uh, I think a half a million of people in North America, they tried or used my database, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, as for name, um, I came to this name because I love uh, Greek mythology and Prometheus, uh, he stole fire from, from gods to give it to humanity, to help them to survive during tough times. So I felt it's uh, really symbolic and we can use this as a symbol. Uh, during this COVID-19, we still have hope and we can uh, build relationships and find our dream jobs. And it's amazing. And I want to talk a little bit about what you were mentioning and how, like, most jobs are, are, are most of the time people get jobs is through what, what I call is a hidden job market. I think you mentioned something very similar too, which is building relationships with the decision makers, with the recruiters themselves, and not just relying by applying online. But the way that you have your platform, you're listing other companies uh, that are currently hiring, right? So it's, we are hiring that database. So how does your database help someone looking for a job connect and build those relationships yeah absolutely as i said uh online method online applications uh, they don't work just simply because you see this post online and you have no idea are they still hiring for this role uh is it taken how many other applicants uh, etc so many questions and no answers and when you send your messages to recruiters they usually ignore it so they don't care because they're so overloaded and um, they have so many applicants at the same time Probably we need to um, use another approach. When you build relationship with hiring managers, I call them hiring managers because they usually uh, take position somewhere in the middle or top management. So they are definitely hiring. They have teams and they have an idea what exactly they are looking for. So they're professionals. For example, if you are an engineer uh, and apply for a job, a recruiter is not an engineer. A recruiter doesn't know, uh, can't evaluate properly your skills. So the recruiter has only 20 seconds to walk through your resume and that's it. And it's like, you know, many shots, no opportunities. When you approach hiring manager, hiring manager is an experienced person. And if you build properly uh, these relationships and unlock opportunities, uh, the position may be created specifically for you. It, it may not be available on the market. It may not be advertised. Hiring manager based on your um, 
skills and uh, capabilities can offer you new opportunity that is not visible for others. Right. I think it's so important what you're saying. I, I call them the decision makers. So it doesn't really matter what, you know, like whether they're a decision maker, hiring manager, um, or a senior engineer or project manager. I think it, that is, I think what, what I find is the most challenging part for someone looking for a job is to identify who they are and the people that they find the easiest are the recruiters and recruiters are good, but the ideal person to connect with is the hiring managers, the decision makers, the person who would essentially be your boss because they actually are the ones who, who you would be reporting to and actually know what the problem is and understand the need of why we're hiring for this position. Is it because we're expanding this division? Is it because we have this goals that we need to achieve so we need extra headcount? Or is it because we're hiring someone that has a particular skill that is currently not in our organization that we need to hire for them to bring in uh, that skill? And I think understanding that is key because they can see what jobs are going to be needed before even the recruiter gets an email saying, Hey, we need to recruit X, Y, and C. We're looking for this, this particular skills. Um, so it's amazing. Um, well, let's talk about, you know, the database, how do you use it? How, how can someone navigate it? And first of all, how can they find it? Yeah. First of all, uh, how this database was built. So we, yeah. I mean, when I say we, because at the beginning I was just alone, one person who started this uh, flame, let's say start the fire. But later on, I onboarded 65 engineers and we work hard to make it happen. So basically we verify and clean data from LinkedIn and other sources to uh, collect correct records and share with you. And uh, we use the term that um, all this higher measure they, they have in common. They, when they, I don't know, announce that they are looking for somebody, they say, I'm hiring or we are hiring and we can build algorithm that can scrape this data from public sources. And then uh, with using human eyes just to walk through all this uh, legit uh, records. And using this, uh, let's say message, we are hiring or I'm hiring, this is why this database is called in such a way. Uh, we can identify people who are open for applications for applicants and uh, who can support uh, them um, during this COVID-19. Then once we scrape this data, we clean this data and prepare this to upload uh, to database. I use uh, Google Cloud and BigQuery. It doesn't make any sense for you maybe, uh, but you can use any cloud solutions to accelerate the process. And then I build dashboard. And dashboard, this is exactly what you see. This is a final product where you can, uh, I don't know, get it and play with it and uh, find anybody. So I created the domain name, which is called uh, promfire, P-R-O-M, fire.com. And this is easy access to the database. So once you go there, uh, you will see several tabs and several pages uh, and, and instructions, of course, and welcome message at the beginning. And um, there are two pages related to we are hiring database, but we also have more information about, for example, H1B visas and what companies are hiring in the United States. And we collect and scrape this data from public sources uh, on government websites. And as well as many other projects we support under the same name, like uh, I will post uh, in the future in a couple of days uh, another interesting data, uh, database and dashboard, which is called diversity metrics. How diverse are tech companies? For example, if you are with unprivileged background or you're not, you're not like typical candidate, what are your chances to, to get into tech company? So some companies, they hire, um, I don't know, 
they have biases, of course, but they are changing their, um, their approach. And it's good to know uh, to all this information and I hope this dashboard will help uh, our audience. Can you like walk us through kind of how to manage this? And if you're listening on the podcast, um, we'll, we'll share a link where you can actually watch the video of him walking through it, as well as links for you to go through the, uh, the database yourself so you can find jobs and connect with companies. So, I, I'll, you know, you can share your screen and I'll kind of walk through, you know, as you're sharing what we're seeing. So the people who are listening to the podcast can maybe follow either on their own or watch the video. Yeah, I can, I can tell you more. For example, um, there are two pages. Uh, just give me a sec. I'll share it quickly. Um, there are two pages. First page is about map. And on the map, you can see all opportunities, uh, especially all higher managers, where they are. Because we are living in different cities. And for example, I'm in Toronto. I want to know how many <clears throat> opportunities so higher managers are living in Toronto who can help me with uh, my, I don't know, dream jobs. And Knowing this information, I can uh, allocate, um, for example, you can see my screen right now, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. This page I'm referencing to, uh, this is database where I can see all opportunities. And you see on this interactive map, you can zoom in and see in the United States, where are all these higher managers? Of course, Seattle is a huge uh, hub because of Amazon. Yep. Uh, San Francisco because of many other companies. New York is also a great uh, place to find jobs. But basically, there are more opportunities elsewhere um, in the United States and other countries. We, by the way, we have 32 countries in this database, but of course, 70% of data or even more um, are coming from the United States. Then you can use filters. For example, I'm an engineer. I'm looking for engineering profession. For example, you can see engineering. You can filter out and it will upload the same map and you will see where are engineering uh, opportunities. You can uh, narrow down this uh, search using different filters like city or state or even title. For example, if you're looking for a specific person with a specific title, let's say, I don't know, like data science or analytics or anything, you can find matches. You can also play with this dashboard and click and play. For example, like here, you can click and see what's happening in California. Another page here is more classic, it's table style. So you can see the same information, but in table. Here, you can also play with filters, find people by name, profession, title, company, city, state, country, or you can, I don't know, click and play like, like this way and filter out all this, um, I don't know, records by your interest. So yeah, I mean, it's easy uh, to play and I hope you will, start using this and if you have any questions anytime just i'm really friendly just i don't know add me on linkedin and ask any questions and this is amazing you know like what i was thinking when you were sharing and you were seeing like how many companies like how amazon and facebook are like you know it seemed like close to like 40 to 30 percent of all companies hiring for me as someone that looks at like try looks at like trend is i wonder the correlation and this has nothing to do with career but more on investment is the amount of comp like they, a company is hiring as what they're expecting to grow in the next, you know, two or three quarters, because imagine if now Amazon has like almost 3000 job openings and that doesn't even include Amazon web services, right? Like it, Amazon web services was separated. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting uh, phenomena. I call it cultural phenomena actually, because uh, you can see the success of this tech companies correlates with their behavior, how they are looking for talents. 
And uh, this market is really competitive. It's not only about us who are looking for jobs. It's also about tech companies, how they search uh, for people. Uh, yes, Amazon is one of the leaders and they have an incredible number of recruiters and technical recruiters, but at the same time, they have an incredible number of hiring managers who are helping the recruiters to find people. They use this I'm hiring or we are hiring message. I don't know, invite candidates to apply or invite candidates to ask questions. Filter out this, let's say, stream of candidates and applicants and refer them to recruiters. Referral is a really powerful thing. It doesn't guarantee you 100% that you will get an interview or job, but it will significantly increase your chances. When you apply online, you don't have a chance uh, to get a referral. When you build a relationship with hiring managers, hiring manager will refer you to the right person, and the right person will read your resume and invite you for interviews. Yeah, that is key. Let, let's talk about resumes. I know you just recently uh, published an article in Business Insider and I, I, recently, I just read it and it was really fascinating because you're right, most of the templates out there are just, they're done by candidates and there's really no knowing if they're successful or not. But the fact that you got your resume and you got feedback directly from the recruiters who are reviewing the resumes, who determine who moves forward and who doesn't, who gets an interview and who doesn't. And so, uh, you know, I'm going to really open it up for you to just talk about maybe what you wrote in the article and your thoughts and maybe your journey with writing the perfect resume. Yeah, it was uh, another of my independent projects. So it was done just for fun because, you know, I'm, I wasn't applying actively to any roles. I just keep myself prepared just in case. And I was doing for myself, uh, I don't know, updating my resume and figure out, well, I can ask uh, recruiters. And then I figured out, well, I can share this information with everybody because anyone can benefit from this. And I built relationship with seven amazing recruiters from all these beautiful companies like Google, Amazon, uh, PayPal, Bank of America, and others. So I simply asked them, hey, can you walk through my resume and tell me, I don't know, I have a list of maybe up to five questions. What do you think? I don't know. Do you like the structure? Do you like this, I don't know, active verb and etc." And since they are real professionals, they uh, walk through this, um, I don't know, resume independently. They didn't know about each other, actually. And each of them gave me uh, feedback. I consolidated this feedback into one file and walked through to find, okay, what, are, what do they have in common? What kind of suggestion they have in common? The number one thing is about technical skills. I can share my screen again and yep. show you uh, what I mean. And... Technical skills, usually people uh, put technical skills in a separate box, uh, like, I don't know, like education or professional experience, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But it's really hard to understand how long do you use this skill, from which uh, experience you acquire this skill. So the best suggestion I got, so include your technical skills right under each experience. For example, you see here, I was working for Google. Uh, I listed down my achievements or I don't know, best mm -hmm. highlights that I've made during this period. And I, I said also selected achievements. And at the end, at the bottom, I listed down my skills. What kind of skills I mastered during this experience. And after each experience like this, you can list down maybe up to five advanced skills. You don't need to list everything. You just list only advanced skills. And it's easier to attribute this skill to this duration of time. And for a recruiter, it's, it's a big help. Uh, you can actually list uh, all the skills like, like previously we listed in the separate box, but it will be, I don't know, hard for a recruiter to understand. Are you really skilled in these things? Yeah. Where you got them? 
And, you know, it's also a game theory. Uh, when we apply, uh, recruiters assume that we are a bit lying about our experience. Mm -hmm. We lie uh, in a good way to show ourselves, so let's say best version of ourselves. But uh, we all know that under stress or in different conditions, we are not as efficient as we claim we are. <laughs> so in this case, uh, it, 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 it helps uh, recruiters to figure out how long to use the skill. And you see here in my article, um, several recruiters from Amazon, LinkedIn, and another person from Amazon, they commented on this approach and they shared their ideas. Uh, I can walk through. Uh, Be yeah, before, before yeah. we go into the next point, I, I want to make something really clear for students that just listen to what that advice on, on this section, right? On including your technical skills right underneath the job experience. And this is a really great piece of advice. And, and to be honest, it's the first time I've seen someone do that. And generally, because I, I work a lot more with college students and recent grads, where they might not have the level of experience that you have. But I still think this is a really good best practice because ultimately, you're right, you know, um, over studies show that over 75% of people lie or exaggerate on their resume and Absolutely. recruiters, recruiters know that. And that is why when I talk to students, I tell them that a resume is the most biased document in the world, right? It's all of the good things you've ever done in your life. None of the bad. Um, and so as a recruiter, and if all they know about you is your resume, because you applied online and you never build a relationship, they're getting to know you from a very biased perspective. And so what you need to do is that you need to try to make it, make it improve to them that you are telling the truth. And this is an excellent way to do this. Um, and this is why I also think like your LinkedIn profile is going to become more and more important because you're less likely to lie on your LinkedIn profile due to the fact that other people are, is a public, is public, right? Um, and so this is a really great way. And another great way, which you're going to talk about later is adding a lot of data and numbers and facts to your resume versus, Hey, I managed a lot of people or I grew my department by a lot, or instead of saying like, yeah, I grew my department by 165% or was not top 2% of all salespeople or whatever that is. So, um, I love this. This is such an awesome uh, tip and advice. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Hey, Daniel here. We've just hit the middle of the episode, but before we move on, I want to share the story of Tim, one of the students who recently went through my academy. Hi, I'm Timothy Castaneda, and I just got my dream job offer for my future career. I actually start Monday, and that is all thanks to Daniel and the Mastering College to Career program. Um, I had been looking for a new career for the last five months, for the first four months of that college, of that career search. I had not been with Daniel or the Master in College to Career program. I had been doing it myself, and I gotta tell you, I had no success. I got 10 no's from 10 different companies, and at my lowest point, I reached out to Daniel because I had seen stuff about him, I had seen stuff about the Master in College to Career program on LinkedIn, and he actually got back to me that very same day, and we had a 15-minute conversation that changed my life. I decided to sign up for the program, and I gotta tell you, it was the best professional decision ever. It led to me getting this job offer for three reasons. The first, I, the course itself is so intuitive. It is step-by-step, step, literally everything you would need to make yourself the best candidate, not only for this career search, but anytime down in the future and make yourself the top candidate for any career that you dream in being. Daniel will help you get there. Two, you can actually have some one-on-one -on -one time with Daniel. He actually cares. 
he knew me by name. He remembered some of the things that we spoke about. He remembered the profession that I was looking at when I met up with him again. Um, and it really made me feel like he actually cared about my success. And that made me believe in myself after getting those 10 straight no's. And the third reason is the, the cost of the course itself, you are going to get a huge return on investment. It is literally less than the cost of a college credit and you get a 30-day money-back guarantee that Daniel himself promises. And I can tell you within those 30 days of me signing up, I had had three job offers from four different companies, two of which were in the top 10 list of what I was looking for. And that is, again, all thanks to Daniel and the Mastering College to Career course. Best decision of my life. Go look at the website. Reach out to Daniel LinkedIn. I promise you, you won't regret it. If you want me to help you reach your career goals, just contact me. And now let's get back to the rest of the show. Let's walk through um, several other yeah. cool ideas that I found from uh, this group of recruiters. Um, as you see, I mean, I totally understand. I mean, my experience, I'm more experienced than many graduates. It's absolutely legit to say that. But the thing is what we consider as experience, it could be even project experience. It shouldn't be like, only jobs and full-time uh, opportunities. It could be anything, something that you've done together with your teammates during the classes, or I don't know, your TA-ship, your, I don't know, any side projects. It's, it could be anything, and we all have this experience. The only thing is not everyone can tell a story about this experience, and this is why we are here to help you out to, to build your story and show it, um, let's say, the best version of you. and prove it uh, to minimize this risk uh, that people will think that we're lying, but in fact, we're not. Um, another interesting thing that they found, if you have a really good experience, put it uh, on top rather than education. I see so many uh, people, they use um, the layout when they have education first, and then two, three, four, five, uh, I don't know, positions uh, from job. This is incorrect. So recruiters, they are looking for experience. Yes, they appreciate your information about education or institution, but it's highly recommended only for internships or for people who are changing their uh, job. For example, uh, when you are acquiring MBA and you want to change completely your industry, you put your MBA on top to show and indicate that, hey, I'm just, I don't know, I finished my MBA, I want to switch my career. But in many other cases, please use uh, your experience. And it could be full-time experience, it could be, be part-time experience or projects or side projects, or even your startups, just put it here. Um, and again, uh, I asked recruiters about what do, what do they think about it? So uh, um, other group of recruiters, for example, Andrea, she's doing MBA and she uh, left Amazon for uh, MBA and Calvin from LinkedIn and um, Max from uh, PayPal, they all reviewed and said, yes, it's a good idea. And actually my initial version of my resume was on the right. So I sent them education first and they, all of them said simultaneously, hey, Eugene, you have a great experience. Don't do this. Put your experience first. Um, interesting thing. Uh, it's not only about uh, templates, frameworks, and um, let's say layout of our resume, it's also about what kind of words we're using. So please use uh, active verbs. Active verbs are something like managed, uh, actively participated, built, uh, spearheaded, or something like this. Don't use, I don't know, simple or passive verbs that don't 
tell us anything about your leadership capabilities and make everything measurable. Uh, use numbers as, as much as you can. Uh, if you don't know if, or don't want to share absolute numbers like revenue or I don't know, something confidential, uh, just I don't calculate change or estimate this yep. change. Tell a story about uh, that your impact um, helped the company to improve this process and save, I don't know, X amount of, I don't know, hours or um, increased, I don't know, indicators and metrics by, I don't know, 10%, 20%, 100%. Of course, nobody will check this uh, and nobody will ask you, I don't know, where did you get these numbers? But it's a good starting point for a story or conversation uh, about what exactly you've done and how you approach this problem. So for companies, just to conclude this part and we can just uh, move on, uh, for companies, it's really important not to believe in your numbers. It's really important to understand how your brain is working. When you say, I did this and I achieved this number, then the question from the company of higher manager or recruiter will be, okay, tell me more about what exactly you've done. And here you can, I don't know, tell anything about uh, your approach or, I don't know, your challenges and how you overcome them. There are two, uh, as far as I know, two good uh, suggestions. Uh, first, to use STAR method, S-T-R-A-R. It's situation, task, uh, action, and result. So build your answer using this thing. So you describe quickly 20 seconds situation, what's happening, task, what, I don't know, your hiring mm -hmm. manager or your manager or your project lead asks you to do and allocate more time explaining your actions, what exactly you were doing and results, how your actions impacted the, the situation, how you changed the situation. Yeah. yeah, let's, I'm gonna talk about this for a second. I wanna clarify the STAR method that Eugene is talking about is when you're, when you're interviewing and they ask you to clarify things about on um, your resume or, you know, they want to dive deeper into it. So you always want to reply with a star method. And that is something that I strongly believe in. And if you're listening to this podcast, you can definitely go back to episodes of the podcast where we dive into the star method, just as a whole episode as a whole, um, because it is such a, it is the, the best way to answer behavioral questions or ask what, or answer questions when they're asking you about your past experiences. So that is key. Um, another thing I want to make sure that as students listening, you have to be proactive about getting these numbers from your job. Like even a job as simple as being a server or a retail associate, which are the two most common jobs that college students hold while they're in school, um, there are ways for you to get those numbers, right? Especially most restaurants nowadays have smart POS systems where you can go and find those numbers. So those are things that you have to be proactive while you're doing the job versus you are trying to figure this out and pencil whip this when you're creating your resume after you've left the job. So try as much as you can in the current positions that you do, whether they're internships, whether they're part-time jobs, co-ops, volunteer work, how do you measure those results? Talk to the supervisor or manager and say, you know, I really want to make sure I have some, you know, numbers to put on my resume once this experience is over. And so maybe if you're a server, I use the server as an example a lot in my book because it's the most common job that students have. Um, can you find out what is the average uh, check size of your restaurant? And can you try to upsell and, and, and sell dessert or alcohol to increase that? And maybe you don't have to say, hey, that my, my restaurant, the average check size is 
$30 per person, but you can say, hey, I had an increase of 20%, right? To, to your point, hiding the numbers and the revenue. Um, you can also say, what's your average tip size? Like if the average tip side is 15% and you're getting 22%, that obviously shows that you provide great customer service. And that's a numbers way, a numerical way of saying, hey, you know, my average tip side is 43% higher than other servers. That is a correlation of the, the level of service that you're providing. So um, I think it's about being creative and getting those numbers and having those conversations ahead of time and thinking about it because it does show the way that you communicate your achievements through numbers in your resume shows the hiring manager, the recruiter, it shows a way that you think, that you think about the business and you think about your job in a business sense and, it's, and you're thinking about it and how that position that you're currently doing or will do is not going to just impact you at that moment, but how does it impact the organization as a whole? And that is who you want to get. That's how, that's who I would want to hire, right? Someone who's not just thinking about their role, but how does this role affect everybody else? And that's the key. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. And I absolutely agree that you have to be focused on uh, delivering value and increase, I don't know, opportunities for your business or company. So when you have this kind of mindset, uh, it indicates for any hiring manager that you are the right person, you could fit to, I don't know, do this job. And please focus on your accomplishments rather than functions or, I don't know, processes that you've done. So you have to speak this language like, I managed, I don't know, this portfolio of this number of companies, or I, I don't know, served as a, I don't know, somebody to improve something. So be really business oriented. Yes, I know there are many um, special uh, professions and uh, experts when we don't have clear KPIs or we don't have clear mm. I don't, numbers. You can develop these numbers. Just start thinking about what is your role, how you deliver value for whom. For example, in this case, Amazon probably is a really good example because uh, in this industry, uh, like tech industry, uh, they have 14 leadership principles. Every interview they conduct, they ask you to prepare for 14 leadership principles, like be customer oriented, what exactly you've done for your customer, how you've done it, etc. Being owner of your processes, uh, and etc, etc. So the thing is, uh, when you tell a story, think, uh, even if you are an engineer, or you're not a businessman, but think about what kind of business you're doing, what kind of value you deliver to your company. And it will help you out in the future uh, when you share your experience uh, with uh, your next hire manager. Yeah, this yeah, is, I can, key. Yeah. This is definitely so important. I think, you know, this is a lot of times your managers won't do this, but you need to do this. For me, it's the best practice. Anytime an intern starts working with me in Mastering College to Career, on our first meetings, we set goals and we say, hey, this is where you are, where you started. So I'll give you an example. Two weeks ago, um, my old social media or podcast producer, she got a full-time job. Um, so we're transitioning to our new intern who's going to uh, continue producing the podcast. And, and, I, and we do a weekly uh, audit on our social media platforms, how many downloads, how many, uh, everything, right? And we highlight and say, this is when you started. So that, you know, three months in, later on, we can actually go back and say, you can go on your resume and say, hey, I helped grow the podcast through this. And if your manager is not actively doing this for you, then you need to be the one that starts this conversation, right? And you need to be the one that comes in with ideas. Don't just go and say, hey, manager, I need you to tell me my key, uh, like my KPIs, right? Key performing indicators, because they might know, they might, most large companies will know, by the way. Most large companies, every time they create a job, they know their, their KPIs. But if you're doing an internship with a smaller company, you might need to help 
your manager create this for yourself, but they're going to be so important for not only how to measure success for you, but helping you communicate your success in future roles. Yeah, this is amazing because this is a funny story. Every time I, I don't know, come to any decision maker and I mean the first time, I usually ask, hey, tell me more about your KPIs. What are your KPIs? And you'll be surprised, maybe more than, I don't know, 80% of uh, people who I met, they just start saying, oh, okay, I will send you a message about my KPIs. I can't tell you now. So it tells me they didn't know what they're doing, actually. So yeah. without KPIs or key performance indicators or, let's say, targets for uh, our processes, for our business, we can't understand where we are in terms of our progress. If we don't measure this, we can't make decision, decisions based on data. So, for example, you probably figured out already that I'm a really data-driven guy. So I measure everything. I measure my performance to make a better, I don't know, experience for my audience. Let's say my LinkedIn posts. I measure all this: how many views, how many likes, how many comments. I'm doing this not just because I like it, just because I want to learn. What can I change to make it better? What can I uh, change to deliver you more value? And yes, I mean, this kind of mindset is really in high demand uh, nowadays, especially during COVID-19, because people and companies are struggling and they need somebody who can fix all these pain points and help them out. I can walk through uh, my resume. I yep. have two more points. to Let's to do it. Yep. And the point number four from this article that you can see is about um, to prioritize your recent jobs versus your previous experience. About recent jobs, it makes sense to write a little bit more, let's say more bullet points or more information because recruiters and hiring managers, they walk through uh, your resume from, from top to bottom and they want to know the most exciting experience that you acquired from your recent one or two jobs. And here you have to do probably better job and maybe two thirds versus one third uh, should be explained. And yeah, I mean, this is a good point, and I heard from Calvin that he likes this approach, and he's working for LinkedIn, and you can do the same with your LinkedIn profile. Your resume, by the way, and LinkedIn profile are two different entities, two different things. You have to keep live both things, so you have to update regularly your CV, and you can use our uh, suggestions as a, as a guideline, but at the same time, uh, you have to update and keep live your uh, LinkedIn page and the purpose of LinkedIn page is to build relationship with people so this is your let's say digital avatar or digital I don't know resume but it has more opportunities to interact with other people and tell better stories and build all these relationships just think about it you can also prioritize on your LinkedIn profile to tell more about your recent two uh, roles because the common mistake I see uh, people say I don't know, two words about their current role and too much information about their previous experience. Yeah. I don't really want to know what happened five years ago. I really want to know what I'm doing right now. It will help me to build conversation with you. It will help me to understand who you are as a professional. And just focus on this and give uh, the most recent information. And the last, very last thing is don't underestimate your entrepreneurial experience. Every time you try something, and even if you fail this, this is experience. It will teach you something new and you can share uh, with others. So uh, I added my um, entrepreneurial experience because previously, uh, maybe a couple of years ago when I applied for serious jobs, I was rejected just because I got a feedback, of course, I asked for feedback and um, hiring manager shared with me that 
I didn't have enough entrepreneurial experience. So I had a stellar, I don't know, information about my Google experience. Yes, Google is a big company. It's not a small startup, but um, I also had all this uh, notations of, I don't know, my consulting experience. It's not enough. They want to see people who are equally flexible in the corporate environment and in the environment like entrepreneurial environment where you have so many variables, you don't know, I don't know, everything. You have to deal with um, something that you don't know and how you deal this. You need, let's say, bold ex examples about it. And yeah, I mean, I got this feedback and since uh, then I started adding uh, all my projects, all my entrepreneurial experience, even if I failed something, I want to tell a story, what I've learned from this uh, failure, what I've learned from this experience. And they appreciate it and they like it. So yeah, this is it. Um, this is article from a Business Insider that I recently posted. And and how I did this, it was really short off top. I can share with you really short off top. So you never know from where you can find amazing people. You can find them from anywhere. I started my activity, as you said, several months ago. and somebody noticed me on TikTok. Somebody just reposted what I've, I don't know, wrote on LinkedIn and reposted on TikTok. And I became famous on TikTok even before I created the account. So, and um, <laughs> senior editor from uh, Business Insider, she was, I don't know, she was browsing and having fun on TikTok and she found my account on TikTok and uh, invited me to write, to start writing uh, articles for Business Insider. So opportunities are everywhere. Uh, use every channel, um, every opportunity that will help you to grow your, I don't know, skills and share your wisdom with everybody. Because, um, for example, we're talking today just not because of my titles or not because of my previous experiences, just because I'm focused on helping other people. And if you help other people, they will consider you as expert as well. So you don't need all these titles to be um, helpful for other people. Just think about it. Start creating content, start creating um, interesting things and share with, uh, these things with others. Yeah, you, you, what you said is, is amazing. And, and, and it, I'm so glad that we we're able to connect in this podcast and for you to just open up and share your experience with your resume and that we are hiring database is just amazing. How can uh, individuals, students, recent grads listening to this podcast that want to learn more about you and connect with you? What is the best way to do so? Um, I use LinkedIn as a major um, media, but I also present on any other, I don't know, major medias like TikTok or uh, I don't know, Facebook. I usually use LinkedIn because it's more professional, let's yep. say, and it's more goal-oriented. For example, you're interested in career. I'm interested in sharing my experience about all those things like resume or where hiring database, et cetera. It's a proper environment where we can, we can build relationships. Yep. So when you add people on LinkedIn, please add a message because yeah. many people are using mobile phones and I know it's really tricky and hard. When you click add person, you don't have a chance to add message. Just please find the option to add message and write where you found me, why you want me uh, to add you to my network. I usually friendly, but if I see no information and uh, account is almost empty and I don't know who is this person, I yeah. don't... I don't know, judge anybody, but uh, if I don't have information, I can't add you. And yeah, I usually respond uh, almost 100% of messages. It's a hard work. I do this when I have time, <laughs> sometimes with delays. But uh, yeah, just reach me out on LinkedIn and 
ask your questions and just reference to Daniel that you heard this from his podcast and uh, this is how we can start building relationships. Love it. Eugene, thank you so much uh, for, for coming to the show. Guys, thank you so much for listening and catch you guys on the next episode. All right, my friend, congratulations for making it all the way to the end of the podcast. In the age of short attention span, this speaks volumes of you. So now, if you found value in this episode, then I am sure you're going to find value in the Mastering College to Career Academy. So if you want to learn more a little bit about that academy, go to masteringcollegetocareer.com or just send me a message. Thank you so much for listening and catch you guys all on the next episode.